Dude, I finally saw a racer head. And when I found yeah. out that his baby was born, his daughter was born with like webbed toes that they yeah. got fixed. And I saw the movie. I was like, dude, that guy is like a douche. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine being his daughter and seeing that. Like he wanted to kill me because I yeah. was deformed. And I yeah. brought like that sort of. Well, now you're a dad. You understand like web toes, web toes and children, <laughs> the love of children. Bill Burr is with us. The last man left in LA. You're, you're, you've done it. You're here and you're yeah. sticking it out. Oh, there's plenty of guys. like it. No, I know. I'm kidding. But you know how this, you know, how they, they try to depict this place. Yeah. That it's just a, you know, a bunch of liberals, yeah. uh, you know, swimming around in an infinity pool and right. talking about gender neutral <laughs> bathrooms. It's so funny. It's the same way the people out here talk about the red states. Oh, they're out there, yep. you know, fucking their sister. <laughs> it's just like, you guys all need to do the road. Yeah. And intermingle and everybody can just relax. Yeah. It's uh stereotypes exist for a reason, but it's these yeah, places, lack of travel. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> these places are big. That's the other thing. I think people don't realize how big Los Angeles is. So you, yeah, will, they don't realize yeah. when you go over the Hollywood Hills, it's Trump land. That's right. It's, it becomes real conservative. I'm not saying yeah. they're into Trump or whatever. I'm not trying to start that shit. I'm just saying they're conservatives. Those, like you go down Magnolia, there's like 12 gun shops down yeah. there. Uh, Halloween did, costumes, sort did, of a strange street. Yeah. <laughs> I did the San Jose improv and the drive from here to up to San Jose, Northern California takes you through all these farms mm -hmm. and they're all just like, there's, there's like, let's kill Newsom signs and Trump 2024. Like it's red. And then you get to San Jose and San Fran and it gets blue again. Yeah. But these are, California just came in the fourth largest economy in the world. U.S., China, Japan, California. Just beat oh, Germany. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. About time. Yeah, just beat, <laughs> just finally, <laughs> finally. I love that I so don't pay attention to politics that I don't even know who Newsom is. The governor. I know California. his name is Gavin. Gavin Newsom, yeah. Yeah. He's the governor. Well, you're busy. Is he that? I'm not busy. I don't pay attention. Is yeah. that is that Cruz guy running against him or is he mayor? Um. And he's running against that lady. Karen Bass and um uh and uh, Rick Caruso are running for. And what mayor. I love is Karen is a Republican, right? She's a Democrat. She's a Democrat, and this guy was a Republican. Now he says, "Of two days ago, I came." Yeah, he was yeah. a very he's a right wing guy, but now he's kind of running as a Democrat, and they're in a dead heat. It's the old billionaire, the old billionaire the old guy, billionaire. the old billionaire, going to become a politician he, and uh, help yeah. out the little guy. Yes, he bought the Grove. He owns the Grove. He developed the Grove. You know that? Yeah, that soulless place. Yeah, where they, they, I like that you go in there. <laughs> yeah. How it sucks your soul out, but they're playing this music like you just, you know. Yeah. You know, luck be a lady <laughs> tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you just walk around. Yeah. You feel successful when you're there. Yeah. It's a hellscape and it's, you know, it's a cheesecake factory and then a bunch of stores. With a trolley. And there's a trolley. Yeah. It takes you around. So he's going to. I apparently do that for the homeless. I don't know what he's going to do, but he's going to solve homelessness with. Uh, I think he's going to put them in his buildings. Yeah. That he's going to make. And then there's going to be like a 18 month period and then he's going to kick them all out. And then he's going to have the building. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to kill I think them. that's how you make a billion dollars. Like you just know how it works. I respect the guy. Yeah. And he knows, you know what yeah. we're going to do? Right. <laughs> Take all those dirty motherfuckers. Yeah. Stick them in this shiny motherfucker. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, that's awesome. <laughs> then I leave office. Yeah. I kick all the dirty motherfuckers yeah. out. I got this shiny thing that I'm going to, I'm going to make the less 
lesser dirty people pay for. Yeah, I mean that's the middle very, class. It's very possibly what he's going to do. They or want, yeah, or he's a billionaire with a heart of gold. That's also possible. The Julia Roberts. Maybe he's just right? a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Richard Gere picked him up and took him out on a date. Yeah, and now got him he's, a new tuxedo. Yeah, maybe he's <laughs> a good guy. I mean, his son's a DJ, so he's kind of connected. <laughs> He's connected to losers and regular people. Um, you know, perhaps he's, you know, he, that's the big issue. Here Everybody is, yeah. at this point is either a DJ or an influencer. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's some, there's like six degrees of separation. You yes. either know a DJ yes. or an influencer or you are one. Your life, you've seen everything change so much from when you started. Or a podcaster. Yeah, or a podcaster. You've seen it change so much. Is it better now? Like just life in general is life in general better now than it was when you were growing up, or do you feel like it was it had it was better then overall? It no, it it's a, that's a sliding scale. It's right. all like aspects of it right. were better. I think it was better that you weren't staring at screens all the time. I think it's a better time now for artists. I think it's a better time now for uh, people who aren't white to be able to express what's really happening to them. Right. Uh, I probably a worse time now for people in hate groups where they can kind of be like, Hey man, I didn't know you hated the same shit I did. You're up in Seattle, right. like sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. meets the clan. Like you yes. kind of get that shit yeah. going on. Uh, it's, I think it's just like, but you know, obviously the environment we've kind of pushed it to the limit here. Uh, it feels like so. it's at the breaking point. Yeah, I feel bad for young people now that they're kind of down to two seasons. It's either summer yeah. or winter, it kind of seems, in a lot of places. So, and I think people are ignorant, too, where they're looking out at L.A. and out here being like, yeah, good luck. Like, dude, like, that's not going to slowly come your yeah, way. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, and when, yeah, if we keep going this route, because, like, I, I was looking back east, oh, yeah, look at the trees, they got the lush land and the lakes and stuff, and it's just like, if it keeps getting hotter, all of those trees are going to dry out, and then you might, you're just sitting around like a bunch of old newspapers, so... Yeah, I think the new thing is going to be, uh, it's not going to be to solve it. It's going to be the fireproof house where you can you fireproof can, house with the infinity pool inside. I like that. So as you sit there and you watch yeah. people with less money than you burning yeah. to death. Right. As you're tweeting, my heart breaks for people with less money than me. You stay, you yeah. stay in there. Yeah. And once they're all gone, then you just sort of absorb. Yeah. And I think we're going to go back to those massive ranches. That guy, like, you know, like how that, that one guy owned Griffith Park, like he gave that yes. to LA, like one guy had all of that. I think we're going to go back to that once people just sort of get, you know, burned out or washed away by the sea. It's very possible. What's weird about LA is we do have a lot of homelessness, but all of our hit shows are about real estate. Like every show on Netflix, like selling Sunset and, you know, buying so Beverly when did Hills. You just, they just start dressing like absolute fucking whores. They're hookers. Hookers. Yeah, no, no. Dude, real, I watched yeah. one of that Orange County one. This yeah. woman was selling a house. She's got these beautiful tits. Probably not real. Right. Dude, everything but her areola. Yeah. Her tits were out and then it plunged all the way down here. And I'm yeah. just thinking like, if a guy shows up with his wife. Right. Like, that's a really weird thing where it says, hey, what'd you think of the house? Hey, it yeah. looked great. <laughs> yeah. Tell me two details of that house. Right. And none of them know, like none of these, if you ask them what the taxes on the house are, they have no idea. Like they don't know any real estate questions. They're just hot. And I'm sure they yeah. know. But what I'm they saying is. They don't seem to know that much. I would, those are the kinds of women you want to yeah. fuck it. as a guy. If you're right. successful, yeah. you want to stay away from. 
Yeah. Because they will, they will, they will take your life. They'll eat you. Yes. Yeah. They will eat you and then play the victim and can't and cancel you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're well positioned. Yeah, like, look at, like, when yeah. I was a kid, that right there, that was a movie star. Right. She was a movie star. Now she sells houses. She's selling a fucking one-level yeah. ranch with an yeah. open floor plan. Yeah. Yeah. How do, you, how do you not buy the house the second you walk in there? Well, and I think a lot of them are are trading on the fact that they'll meet rich guys, and then perhaps, you know, they might marry those guys. No, you know what I think it yeah. is? I think it is that you never used to sell houses on TV. Right. And then what happened was probably all the ugly people got shamed out of that business. Right. And then all of a sudden they were just, because back in the day, stewardesses were hot. Right. I think all the hot stewardesses are now selling houses. Yeah, they're, they because they are not hot anymore. They're not. They look like me. No, flight dress. attendants look like they're. <laughs> That's not true. I've seen some. There's, some of them are pretty, but some of them are weathered. No, if you get on, if you're, if you're on a, 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 a mainstream airline flying across the country. That's seniority. So there's going to be some miles on that one, right? Yeah. If you take a puddle jumper, yes, right? Instead you, of playing Denver, yeah. you're doing Colorado Springs. Right. Maybe Grand Junction. Right. That's where you get somebody who's, who's cute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the, the, the LA but that to point, New York. But, I, but at that point, I'm 54, so I can't yeah. look at her anyways or else I'm a creep. New York to LA or LA to New York, which is what I do a lot, is a lot of, it's a lot of older women. You got who, hags. Yeah, who have had it. They've had it. They've had it. I've had it. Yeah. They've had it. Yeah, they're like, put the strap, and they go, the seatbelt, they go, and the shoulder strap, like, as yeah, soon as I walk over in. Yeah, they're, they're like that comic that stopped writing jokes, and yeah. he hates his act. Right. <laughs> they just kind of keep doing it, keep <laughs> rolling through. But what's interesting about uh, what you said about the fireproof house is that is probably going to be kind of a reality as stuff gets worse. Nobody's going to want to- Well, the wanna, sad yeah. thing is none of the politicians are in a position to turn on corporations. Right. Because they're all, they're all grossly underpaid politicians and they do it because they're supposed to be public servants. But what you're really doing is it's so the rich people can have them in their pockets. They, they need them. That's why, um, you know, the stuff that like those 24 hour news networks go after, it's never, you know, they're not going to go after like the big guys that feed them. They go after, you know, stand up comedians telling jokes and, right. uh, you know, some Jay, guy, some guy, yeah, some guy uh, yeah. slaps somebody at a mall. Right. What is this? What is happening to the fabric right. of America? Right. And, they, and they just kind of. Uh, they don't go after like Blackstone that buys all these houses now and pushes the values of them up and they've locked people out of renting. Like they don't go after companies like that. Like over yeah, the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. They're just go selling like, you know, yeah. synthetic heroin. That's right. all. Yeah. Killing hundreds of thousands <laughs> of people, devastating families. There's one. Yeah, that's no big deal. But yeah. did you see what Tim Dillon said? Right. In right. San Jose. And yeah. then that's like, uh, what do they call that when you're, you're, it was like that joke I did uh, at Red Rocks when I saw a bunch of fucking liberal idiots out here going after dead John Wayne. Right. I'm speaking to dead power. Yeah, like they were doing their thing as a white person that day. Yeah. It was just so fucking stupid, right? Settling scores with dead people. Yeah. Crazy. Putting, putting them historically in perspective. The yeah. alive white guy that still has power that I need to get my movie made. I won't speak to him. Right. right. <laughs> but I'll try to change the name of an airport. Yeah. You're welcome, black people. Does that ever, do, do you think, what changes that where corporations run everything? They just seem to run everything and they will forever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
I think you'll, the only game to play now is yourself as far as just try to be a, a nice person, right? an individual. I, you know, I was talking to you earlier. I said, yeah. hey, I ran into this squirrely little guy. Um, right. Watch yourself if you're around. You know, just right. shit like that. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like, um, you know, I've been doing this bit in my act about talking about what like, your job as an older person is to help out younger people. Right. And whatever mistakes you made, you know, you just tell them, this is what I did. This didn't work. And this is what worked. And that's what you're supposed to be doing. And, um, I, I think that, you know, if you're a comic that's doing well, part of that of doing well is helping out comics that are, are struggling. It just is. And I think, you know, if you're a white person, you should shut up and listen to people of other races saying what their experience is. Right. Rather than trying to be like, you know. Well, actually, you know, Africans actually sold black people into slavery. Yeah. So uh, slavery was like just doing that. That shit is yeah, that's shit. not helpful. Well, then you just, you're, it's like you're playing teams. You know what I mean? Like I'm a Patriots fan. I can sit here and tell you that Mac Jones kicked that guy in the balls deliberately when right. he did that slide. I mean, it was <laughs> right. fucking dirty right. play. Right. There was a helmet to foot fucking hit <laughs> right there. Okay. But the, what people do is you can get so into whatever the fuck you are, whatever the hell you're rooting for, <clears throat> like Astro fans, you know, where, you know, when was the last time you saw an Astro fan? Have you ever heard an Astro fan say, we, wow, we are the first team that literally fixed a World Series since the 1919 White Sox? <laughs> they don't. <laughs> right up until that moment, they were like, oh, the fucking Patriots, fucking cheaters, deflate gate, da 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 da. I, when I, this movie I did, there was an actor on it who was an Astro fan. I asked him about it. He goes, oh, everybody does it. Every, right. big, big smile on his face. Everybody does it. Every, right. Everybody does that. Yeah. No, everyone does not do that. Everybody knows what pitch is coming. I don't think yeah. they did that. So that's been kind of bugging me. Not that they did it because I'm a Red Sox fan and we had 180, 200. That there's people. not enough people angry at them. They're not getting shit about okay. it. Which, yeah. And what I've kind of realized is if you do some ticky tack shit, that story will last forever. Pumping crowd noise in, you know, right. they weigh your football and it's a cunt hair lighter. Yeah. That'll last but forever. Something big. That fucks with everybody's money. Right. See, That's swept under the rug. Yeah. It's, they investigate it. There's a quick judgment. This guy, that guy, and that guy. That's it. All right. And then nobody, like I watched that Yankees series against them. They didn't fucking bring it up once. And I was, you know, that's because I haven't given them shit until now. I'm like, all right, I don't give a fuck that you did it. Yeah. But you should get your, your just desserts of shit for it. Yeah. Well, some, some things stick. And some things don't. I think that's what I was trying to say, too. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you really just summed it up. If you were going to commercial, that would have been perfect. Kevin Spacey just got off. He may be back, you know? He just got a, he got a, um, he was found not responsible or not liable in a New York or a jury let him. So he might come back. Not liable for what? I, he's some, some 14-year-old claimed he sat on him or something. He grabbed him. He, some sexual assault type of thing. That they just figured out. They were like, we just, they said, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to, today is your day. You get to leave the court and we're going to say you're not liable. That's going to be the funniest charge I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> he sat on a 14 year old. Oh, that's, <laughs> Please that's, tell me he had clothes on. Yeah, you know, he had clothes on. Allegedly. It's, it's allegedly he was, uh, you Kevin, know, you allegedly sat on a 14 year old. He, How do you plead? He said he picked him up like a groom does a bride and, uh, put him on a bed and lay down on him. And uh, then the, the guy was like, whoa, he was at a party and they just did a court case and they let him go. 
They said, you're okay. There's no way. That's one of those things where you're yeah. like, you know, he did it. You yes. know, it was creepy. There's just no way to prove it. It's like the no world, way to prove it. Yeah. What I have learned is the world, it, it that, that system, it really protects, uh, you know, it just, it's so, it's, it's weird. It's so fucking hard to prove, you know, that, how do you, how do you prove that? You can't, you just got to go on the stand and get teary eyed and say that guy did it. And then he's going to get up and, or somebody's going to get up and go, no, he didn't. And then the jury's got to make up their mind. I know. And then you can't punch him in the face because then yeah. you, you get busted for assault. Yeah. It just, it doesn't make any sense. So it's all I can say yeah. is I hope he is innocent. I hope he didn't do that. I hope he, didn't I, do I hope it he too. didn't sit on a 14. I hope he did not. Do I it. hope he didn't do that. So I, I, he, I, if I had, if I was a guest, if I had a gun to my head, See that? I would say there's a good We were chance. so far apart at the beginning of this podcast and we, we've, we've found a middle ground. We things, both hope. Some things stick, some things don't. <laughs> some people, some people come back with the Me Too thing. Some people do, some people don't. Some people see, know what a chair is. Some yeah. people confuse it with a 14-year-old. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> you know, they're wearing muted colors. I yeah. mean, it's, it's an easy mistake to make. Who knows? The mind yeah. does crazy things. Yeah. Some politicians get away with a lot of stuff. Nancy Pelosi gets away with some stuff, the trading and stuff. And, you know, she's, and some people don't get away with anything. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, well, she does, her and her husband, they're really rich. She's really rich. She's got They're all rich. Yeah. They all do unbelievably well in the private sector. That's right. What yeah. it's amazing. Everything yeah. they touch turns to fucking gold. <laughs> Every senator makes like 150 grand. They're all worth like 20 million dollars. Every president <laughs> does one or two terms, making 200 grand a year, and yeah. then buys a 20 million dollar house on Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Nobody says shit. Nobody says, says shit. But if you do a fucking, uh, yeah. I don't know, some rapey joke, yeah, it's a problem. All of a sudden, you're all yeah. Jesus. What are you doing to the fabric? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? What are you doing to the quilt? It's a, well, you're, you're one of the most successful comics ever. Do you ever get asked to. How about that? Well, that's, I think that's statistically true. Do you ever get asked to, to perform for these types of people? Like, I know that certain guys do private gigs or corporate gigs where like you're around. You no, know, I don't. And yeah. I wouldn't either. Right. Because then it's I like, will, because if you, <laughs> if there's, no, there was a time where I would have, but I'm, I'm in a drunk, position yeah. now where I don't need to. And yeah. I wouldn't because I don't want to have a relationship with any of those people. My job is to make fun of those people. That's right. And not that's, to go there yeah. and play grab ass with them. Yeah. And then the next time they do something fucked up, I feel like I can't joke about it because, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I went to the, the, the black tie event with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no, and they, those crowds aren't good. They suck. The shows aren't fun for the most part. I think the correspondence dinner was a cool thing to do until they televised it. And then every side just like loses their fucking mind. Yeah. Um, you know, whoever the, the comic is that goes up there and, 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 you know, trashes whatever colored tie the person's fucking wearing. It's really. Uh, Would you do the, the correspondence day? I wonder if they, I don't think they'd no. have you because they'd be like terrified. They wouldn't be terrified. They just well, they wouldn't want you know. Dude, those guys like have dead bodies on their. Yeah, brain. they, they think they care. couldn't fucking handle me yeah, with one nerd with a drone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fly by my bedroom window. They are not terrified of anybody. Yeah, they just want to have. A, they just want to have a nice night. They just want to have a fun time. Yeah, fun time. That's yeah. it. What so do you? They, they just look at me like the jerk off I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> whatever file cabinet the jerk off, but they believe me, dude. They are not. They are not a. They, they, dude, they run, they run shit. 
Yeah. Or at least work for the people that are running, running it. They know? certainly work for yeah. the people that are running it. Yeah. Definitely. I do the improvs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're I good rooms. Think, I don't think they're, they're much threat. They're good rooms. Do you think that um, when climate, uh, do you think in the next 30 years, 50 years, do you think there's a timeline on it where it gets hairy? Like, cause it gets hairy. Do I, yeah. as a non-scientist, I, well, have, I, I mean, have no idea. You observe things. You're out there in the world. Yeah. What's the deal I with say, global warming? I say 30 years. That's what I've been saying. Just based on my calculations, um, driving around, rolling the window down. Well, well, the thing that happened to me when I had a kid is I, I became more positive about the future. Cause that's the only thing you can do. Because if you start thinking that, you know, in 30 years, we're fucked for some of me, I'm 54. Now I'll be 84, uh, you know, if I, if I get 84 years before I burst into flames, yeah, that's whatever, right. whatever's going to happen or get washed out from some fucking rogue wave. Um, yeah, that's fine. But for my kids, that isn't fine. So I, I have to believe that um, even these lunatics, these fucking, lun- fucking lunatics yeah. that run, like the people that run corporations are fucking Lunatics. These people, just even people who are involved in, with this designed obsolescence where everything yeah. you just have to fucking throw out. I was talking the other day how like you'd buy a fucking TV when I was a kid. You had it for like 25 years. Yeah. And if they, the tube would break. The guy'd come over, put a new tube in it. It was yeah. like a showpiece. And right. now it's like, I don't know how, how many flat screen TVs all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, this thing isn't, you know, it's not up to par. They should make them where you can just sort of switch something out of the back or... We could all at some point just say, hey, you know what? I think the picture's clear enough. Right. Why don't we just stop? I don't need to see every fucking pore on the inside the guy's fucking, you know, inner ear when I'm watching him tell me, you know, if fucking the Trailblazers won. Well, it's a lot of it's like the phone. It's like a new phone every year, new phone charger every year. Kids that grow up. The charger doesn't, the new charger doesn't fit the old charger. You just got to throw it all out. And places like that, from what I heard, don't want to get sued. They, they would rather pay the fine. The fine is so much less than the money that they make. And they got to start making the fine more, but they don't make any fucking money. And you know, goddamn well, those corporations, they give money, they give money and they give money to these politicians. Yeah. It's all to shut them the fuck up so they can keep, dude, the fact that you can't drink water out of a river anywhere yeah. in my lifetime that that happened, you got to drink bottled water and all that, that basically these corporations poisoned the water supply. Dude, if I do that, you do that, that's a terrorist act. You're, you're, you're in jail for the rest of your life. These fucking guys, you ding, 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 ding. They fucking, yeah. the money's out there and, and they just create like a new market. Well, why are we, go, you know, you got the space behind you. We're going, we're going too deep here. Well, you know what it is? It's, it's too the, deep. It's the influence of the background. It's not even noon yet. It's the influence. <laughs> <laughs> you're in the desert. This is what, we got to change the studio. During the pandemic, it made a lot of sense to kind of be in this desert landscape. But now that things are back, we want to lighten it up a bit because it's a dark, it's a vortex. Right. What you should have is maybe this, it's dawn, like the sun maybe is we'll just do that. starting to come. We'll do that, perhaps. Civil twilight. Yeah, like a, because <laughs> this sucks you in. You start, you want to start yelling about the poison rivers. That's the backdrop it is. You want to start, but. No, I just wish, you're people, right. I just wish people would just like. Not be assholes to each other. What you and said then, made and a then, lot of and sense. And then when they do, like, you know, I saw this thing the other day just randomly on uh, whatever the fucking site I was on. Or it was a text thread between my, me and my friends. Look at this new weapon that, that, that fucking, you know, China has. It was like a fucking robot yeah. dog with, like, a machine gun. Yeah. 
just sends me this. So I'm going, you know, I was just going, I'm sure we already have one of those. And pretty soon it'll fly over a football game and we're all going to cheer. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, and get like worked up about China and all that. Like, I know that they have sociopaths over there too. Right. As we have them over here. So I just sort of look at it that way. You know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, how we looked at Red Sox and Yankees. It's like, you spend way too much money. We spend too, way, way too much money. You guys did a bunch of roids. We did a bunch of roids. Right. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like yeah. their dirt is dirtier than, than our dirt. No, it's not. Uh, so I kind of look at that. Um, I, I'm, and also, I am really overly simplifying, like, world events because... But it's a good outlook when you said people just focus on yourself and not being a piece of shit. Yeah, and helping people out. Helping people out. Rather than blaming them for their situation or just, hey, pull your fucking yeah. self. But I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that telling somebody to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Like, I, I like really believe in a lot of conservative stuff and a lot of liberal stuff. And, it, and it, what it is, is this, there's nothing wrong with either outlook. It's the application of it. It's when you do it. There's a time to give somebody a hug and there's a time to go get your gun. Yes. Right? Yes. So you shouldn't always get your gun. Then you're an oppressive asshole. Sometimes. If you're always walking around hugging people, you're going to end up in the trunk of somebody's car. Right. And now we have this weird thing where we hug people with a gun. Like we have this very weird middle of the road, strange thing where like nothing feels genuine on either side. I think that's my biggest takeaway is that like things don't feel authentic. Things feel very engineered and managed. And I hope we get to a point when people are more, just, you know, a little more natural. I feel like things are. Well, that's because I, I think because so many people are on TV now. Yeah. Even like you have your own Instagram page yeah. and all of that type of stuff. That's why, like, I think overall, like, the level of fashion, cooking, and, and just looks. Like, yeah. how people look. I mean, I watch, I love old movies and shit. And I'll look at some guys and I'm like, that guy's fucking 31. He looks like he's 56. Yeah. Like, that's what a 56-year-old looks like that lives in a city. Yeah. You know, like some of the people back then, I mean, yeah, like, it's like they, guys they, like Brian Dennehy used to exist. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Brian Dennehy was kind of a sex symbol to certain types of women. My nanny, my grandmother from Ireland loved Brian Dennehy. Now yeah, like guys like George Kennedy, George Kennedy yeah. always looked like he was 63. Right. His whole career. I don't know if right. you know who that guy is, but he was in those, uh, 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 those Get up George Kennedy. He was in Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. He, he, he actually was played opposite Frank Drebin in The Naked Gun. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, I know exactly who it is. Yeah. He, he look was at never look, look at that guy's face. Yeah. Always looked old. Even like the. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's try to get when he's sort of young. Look, look up young George Kennedy. And still. And, and you can see too, look at that guy is like, you would not want to fight that guy. No. On any level. There you go. Look at that one. Still could pass for his mid-40s there. Yeah. Good looking he son was of a bitch. He was distinguished. Yeah. Get mad at them eggs. Um, he was a distinguished yeah. guy. Yeah. There wasn't, there was. Uh, there was no Timothy Chalamet. Well, people and smoked, God bless him. People but, smoked and they drank. Yes. They ate fucking, like, they didn't know how to put, put the diet together or yeah. whatever they, that, that they were eating. <laughs> um, you know, nowadays, I mean. I just met a guy who was an agent and all he drinks is like these fucking smoothie sh shakes. And this guy, dude, I've, I've never said this about another man. He was radiant. Yeah. 
Like skin. I thought, I thought about yeah. him for like three days. His hair was like, like a fucking, like a, yeah. you know, like those collies. Yeah. That are at, at Westminster. Yeah, it's a border collie. Shiny. Yeah, <laughs> you would brush. He had like, you know, when the chicks do that thing in the shampoo yeah. commercial from behind and it comes yeah. down and there's like that rainbow. Like that was a guy like that guy's hair. You think a guy like that that's so radiant eventually just hits a point one day where he just, is it like Michael Douglas and falling down where he just at a stoplight one day just gets out of his car and just starts going nuts? Like people that are well, that. What would be him going now? He goes into a jack in the box? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like he has, French, on he his has face. French fries. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he loses it and has a mozzarella stick. But I mean, the, I love how you compare yeah. just drinking smoothies yeah. to a guy going on a shooting spree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just mean that, like, it seems like it's got an expiration date. That's all. Like, no, a life I, no, of no, smoothies. No. Oh, no, I think it was beyond that. Like, yeah. I, I think he was one of those people that went to scientists and had his DNA. Ma- it was yeah. fucking impressive. Yeah. Um. So, is that impressive but, but that, or is a little bit of it like. I don't know. I know. I understand that it is impressive to keep yourself. Look, there's obviously yeah. a level of, of ridiculous vanity to it, but to yes. just know that that's possible. Yeah. You know, it was very like Michael Jordan. Right. Like a lot of those moves that kids did for yeah. the last 20 years is because Jordan showed you that you could do it. Right. right? Uh, and that's the genius of the first guy, the Jimi Hendrix, yeah. the Eddie Van Halen's, the, yeah. the, you know, the guys like that. So like, I, as far as like being like in shape, you know, yes, he, he, that guy did not make me f- afraid of of being sixty at some point. He's he, well, yeah, he's inspired. Well, people are getting older and older and looking better and better, and maybe it, you know, I mean, people are people are thriving well into old age. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's interesting. Well, considering they turned our food into poison, I don't know how we're doing it. Well, because so. we're turning it we're turning it back into non poison, but it just takes money. Because you yeah. can really eat. <laughs> The best of the best. <laughs> All right. Now, what do you think you need to make a year? Yeah. To eat the way a fucking hobo ate in the 1920s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Where everything was f- fucking organic. Yeah. You'd have to make a lot. You have to make a lot what, of what, money. what do you think? What do you think the number is? Well, uh, 200,000 a year after taxes in this state easily to eat wild salmon, to, to, to eat organic everything. Yeah. You don't think so? Agree. I don't I seem low. Dude, organic food is fucking, it might be it's low. super expensive, and then it goes bad really quick. Immediately. Like the fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Are yeah, you, like the way you eat the fries and the McDonald's you, on the way home, you, you got to be eating the fruits and vegetables. Will you let your children have fast food every now and then? Like, Because my parents let us have it all the time, which was the wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, they would just, I mean, McDonald's, it was like, hey, party time. Wendy's, all that stuff. Very bad. Oh, Wendy's. The Wendy's was like going out getting steak when I was Wendy's a kid. Wendy's was amazing. Do you remember when they used to have the newspaper, yeah. the newspaper tabletop, the, the news- old-timey newspapers? And a salad bar? Yeah, that nobody went to? Nobody went to it, but it had pudding. Wendy's was uh, the top of the line fast food when I was growing up. It was the only one that actually looked like it used real meat. Yeah, and they had the square burger. Which was weird. It was weird, but it was the way for them to say, this is meat. It was a way for them to say it's different. We're different. That was, yeah. yeah branding. It, was a, it was a weird brand where they were like, no, this is an actual thing. Yeah. To answer your question, I don't take them out for fast food, but okay. uh, their relatives do. Okay. You know, the grandmas, yeah, the uncles and stuff course. like that. Someone's got to be cool. But yes, exactly. Right. And I'm not supposed to be cool because I'm your dad. So right. I'm your day to day. Right. So if I'm your day to day, for the most part, you're not going to have it. And then you're going to be psyched when your uncle comes over, right. your, your nana or whatever. 
and they're going to take you to McDonald's or right. Jack in the Box or whatever. It's right. a, you know, right. like when that's kind of how like uh, you know, like we weren't allowed to drink soda when I was growing up, but if we went out to get pizza, you could order it. And when we went out to, but we used to go out to McDonald's all the time. Like that was like going out to eat. Yeah. That was another thing too. Yeah. Like I think when you talk about something that was better back then, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make this point by saying McDonald's was our idea of fine dining, but like um, the fact that you just didn't know. Right. All of this stuff. You were happy with simpler things. Like I would say like how mainstream high end fashion is now where I had never heard of Louis Vuitton, Yves Saint Laurent, all this stuff. Right. I mean, now, you know, I got a wife, so now I know all of that shit. But like those stores back in the day were on Rodeo Drive and on Fifth Avenue in New York. And I think that you maybe in Chicago on what is that? What's Miracle Michigan Mile. Avenue. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Like women like dreamed of someday going to these stores and seeing this this fashion that they saw, like uh, I don't know who, like uh, the Oscars, the Breakfast at Tiffany lady yeah. there, right? And now I remember when I was I was doing some, you know, some road gig through the uh, some road trip through the South, and we were like in like Mobile, Alabama, or something. Some place was really exciting because I'd watched that Ken Burns the War, and they made all those battleships down there, so it was really a historic place to go to. And I went to the local mall, and there was a Louis Vuitton. Yeah, there. I don't know if it was Mobile, Alabama, but it was somewhere, and it was like, uh, yeah, it, it's. Um, and I've noticed that too, the amount of people like going into coach on a plane, I don't know if they're real bags or not, but you see this high end bag and I'm just thinking to myself, when I sat back there, dude, I just had like yeah. a fucking gym bag. Right. Um, and it's just, this is, is that kind of thing of like just knowing too much. And, uh, and also I think a lot of people that are in the public eye, they kind of sell having that stuff, making you happy. And shit like that. And, and none of it does. No, it, it's a couple things. You get yourself a nice watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? A nice what, koozie what that has I like your initials on it. What you said to me about right? my, my car, <laughs> uh, which is a Bentley. You said to me, you go, nobody believes that's your car. Everybody thinks you're driving. And you know what? I realized you're correct. Everybody thinks I'm a driver. They think you're parking it for They someone. think I'm parking it because they're all nice to me. Like if I go to Vons, a grocery store, and in the Bentley, nobody gives me a look like, oh, this guy's a piece of shit. They're like, oh, he's running an errand for somebody. But that was the dumb he's thing. He's a personal assistant. <laughs> he's, he's poor. I can't believe his boss lets him drive the car. But that was a dumb thing I got where it's like I wanted to get a dumb thing. You know? Sometimes you got to get a dumb thing. And it's a nice car, but sometimes you have to get a dumb thing. You know, we were teasing Verzi. Yeah. When he did your podcast. Yeah. Uh, it was when you took him out in a white Bentley. Yeah. And took him out for Italian food. You said, watch out. I go, he's grooming you. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. You can't and take. that's how you would you groom You can't him. take. Yeah. An exactly. You yeah. take out an Italian. Yeah. In a, in a, in a high-end yeah. car with white that fucking, yeah. you know. And you give him sneakers. That's it. That's, that's all it. you'd have to do. It's over. So well, Verzi. Yeah. yeah that, that is the keys to that safe. Yeah. <laughs> right, but are you, but you're a watch like you'll appreciate a nice watch. So it's like everybody's got something that. No, they you know like. what I like? Yeah. I like uh, I like people that are really good at what they do, provided it doesn't hurt anybody else. So I am into like uh, cars, trucks, motorcycles. Um, I like watching people hunt. I like I, I'm right now like I've been watching people like like power wash driveways and walkways. Right. It's just there's something so satisfying. 
yeah. about it, maybe because I'm a homeowner or whatever. And I'm yeah. like, I got to fucking get somebody to power wash my driveway. That'd yeah. be great. And then there's all these laws about, you know, using the water out here. But uh, like, you know, chefs or something like that. And so I'll get into something. And then what I always do is I use like the Dave Attell thing. It's like, I want to find the Dave Attell of, of pizza makers where yeah. other pizza makers are going to stand in the back and watch this guy that make guy, a pizza right. or, or uh, customize a car or build like a motorcycle or, or, or something like that. So um, yeah, I, I, I am, I'm fascinated with all that. There's a kid that Dean Del Rey introduced me to that uh, uh, roll club is the name of his thing. He's like a, you know, I met him. He's a 24 year old cobbler. And literally make shoes the old school way, like by wow. hand. You go down there, he traces your foot on a piece of paper. You come back two, three weeks later, and you just have this shoe that just fits you like a glove. It's crazy. Yeah. So I, I am like that. Those are the types of people I like. Yeah. Finding people that do something really well. Yeah. And like, because yeah. they, they have a passion for they, it, and then right. they somehow figured out, you know, how to make money off of it. Yeah. So they can keep doing it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, those are the things that, if you're lucky enough to to meet those people, those are the things that leave a mark on you. You know, when you go to a restaurant and somebody's like really good and really ca- even a waiter who really cares. Like oh yeah, really career cares. waiter. No, like career. at Musso and Frank, yeah, they're fucking nothing, unbelievable. They're unbelievable. Yeah, like you, Smith and Walensky's in New York City or those guys are yeah, fantastic. They fantastic. know your name. They know what drink you like. Yes, like that's the okay. There's some shit from back in the day that needs to come back, but not. You don't do it ironically and you don't do it in a hipster way. That's the hardest fucking thing. Right. Is when you go in there and they know who you are, they know what you drink. You come in there like, uh, you know, I have some friends of mine, you know, they got, they got their name up there on the restaurant, the little yeah. gold thing there. So they come in, they know the table they like, Yeah. you know, they know the night that they go in there. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean, they, they know his kid's name, you know, he never really brings his kid in there, but like, they know he has a kid. They know all of that type of stuff. And that's sort of kind of like, like connective tissue where it's like, like this is like solid and this is real. I, I think it's kind of a hard thing. Getting back to DJs, I find the more places I go to, it's so fucking loud. I went out to go get sushi with my wife the other night. You know, my ears are shot, obviously. I had to put fucking earplugs in. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, because what they're doing is, is they, everything feels like a club. It's a vibe. Yeah. And it's like, aren't we supposed to be creating this vibe? If we're not cool enough (laughs) to create a vibe, then we should sit here in the boringness that is us. But instead, like, like you listen to it. I feel like I'm in the beginning of a movie. Like, like, oh shit, is there going to be like a car chase? Is somebody going to pull out a weapon here? Like what's going to happen? It's like, oh, we're just getting sushi. Well, it feels, that's where I feel like everything feels weirdly engineered where every place you go, there's music, there's a vibe that's being created. And that's, you hit it on the head. And a lot of times it was in the parking lot. You heard it in the restaurant. You went in the restroom. You couldn't get it. There was just a fucking DJ just just fucking right there. And the vibe is off. (laughs) A lot of times it's the wrong vibe. You're like, this is not what we want. A spicy tuna roll. We don't want, we don't want Molly. And we're not trying to, we're not in a beef. I'm not at a rave. Right. Yeah. Well, I got a thing. yellowtail roll. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's, that's where, where you see it. It's like nothing's enough anymore. No one can just sell sushi. See what you were talking about is like the cobbler's just selling shoes. Yeah. You don't walk into his thing and hear a DJ. Uh, when you're really, really good at something, you just sell the thing. When you're like, there's a million sushi restaurants, wherever you are, they're all going, okay, well, we're going to be the one with the DJ. Like they all have to compensate 
for the fact that there's a million other things that people can yeah. do. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I think back in the day, like there was less. Well, I think scenes could develop. Right. Where, you know, now as soon as something develops, it's co-opted immediately. As soon as somebody sniffs out a little bit of money in something. Yeah. And then people kind of like rip it off or whatever. So, yeah. but maybe that's the new scene. Maybe right. scenes aren't small. Maybe they just got bigger and I'm too old to realize that. I don't know, but like, uh, can you give me an example of something that you're talking about that would was just? I a, would say, yeah. well, like, uh, you know, stock car racing coming out of the south, where it was right. just these moonshiners. My car's faster than your car. They started racing each other. That builds into that. People uh, skateboarding out here, yeah, turns into this global thing. Uh, and it took a while for those things to happen. Yeah, rap music yeah. in New York City, and all of a sudden that like goes global. Music was a big thing. Like there was yeah. like a, a, a sounds, a, you know, oh, that's a San Francisco sound. That's a Seattle sound. That's a Philly sound. New York, Boston had a scene, and everybody would like, and, you know, whatever. Back in the day, I mean, it was the gatekeeper days where they would just be like, all right, if they decided, I guess, I don't know how it worked. This is the new sound. Then they would go there and then that scene would be cool. But like they were able to kind of develop. Um, like I remember reading uh, Miles Davis's autobiography and that was like a, like back then, like before like TV and like even fucking, I think radio was just around. So you just had like, everybody was like, like cauterized these scenes. They didn't intermingle. So they would take, people were aware of jazz and swing music, but it became whoever you would, whatever, like, Eddie, you were spinning in and it would develop like that and then it would develop. And then when they would get to New York city and that Minton's jazz place, I always heard about. Yeah. It was like you, you the came up Vanguard. Yeah. You yeah, came up in stuff. St. Louis. Yeah. I came up in new Orleans and Chicago. And then we went there and then mixed with New York people. And then it became something else. Um, but like I could learn so much from you because you would be so developed and, and separate and different. Yeah. So I, I think, um, is it good for comics to put out a lot of stuff all the time? I know that young comics, I love the faith yeah. you have in me with these big fucking questions. Like, well, I'm gonna well you're the guy, well, you're one of the guys to ask, you know? Okay. Well, just know that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but go ahead. <laughs> do, when with comics, everybody puts out a lot of stuff now. Uh -huh. And back then you would work on something longer and you wouldn't, put it out like is it good to put out a lot of stuff like it's it's i think it's all comes it's an individual thing right it all depends on what you're trying to do there's everybody from i want to be one of the great comics of all time to i want to use this to get into tv and movies and there's nothing wrong with that like i never had a problem with people that did stand up for a minute just so they could launch a tv like it's not mine right like these people who feel like because they do stand up that they own stand up it's like you don't People can do it for whatever the fuck reason. Right. You got canceled, so now you got to do stand-up. I get it. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Good luck. I hope yeah. you fucking, you know, whatever. But um, I just, you know, um, it all depends on what you want to do. If you want to be like a brand, um, and God knows there's a lot of money in that. I think uh, putting out content, you know, a lot. I always compare everything. I usually end up comparing it. it eventually to music or sports. So the, the bands and, and musicians that I like, they, they seem to take time and they always know right when you're sitting there going like, fuck man, are they going to put out another album? And then bam, 
then they're promoting it and they're everywhere and they do the tour and then they're just gone. And, and then they just like, I feel like live life. I find for like writing jokes, I almost, I need to, I need to have a lot of like be living life like this year, you know, doing this movie, um, and also trying to do a stand-up tour I found was too much. I mean, I loved both of them, but to do both of them at the same time and then try to be a dad and a husband and all that became, um, that was a lot. So something had to suffer. And I feel like my act has been moving like a glacier. And, um, now that we just locked the movie and all of a sudden I feel like, you know, elephant or Kevin Spacey just got off my chest. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Allegedly. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, I went down to the store the other night after having a couple, two, three days and not, you know, put my nose to the grindstone and my brain just felt like empty in a good way. And I went up there and I started riffing and I, I had a f- just the best time. Yeah. And I got all like this new shit out and, you know, I did 20 minutes and it felt like I did like five minutes. It was one of those nights. And, um, you know, like... I don't know. I think, think it all depends on how, you know, I need that to still be, be doing stand up at an acceptable level. Other people seem to be able or just seem to me to just be like tireless, like they can just keep going. So to answer your question, I mean, I think that's just an individual yeah. thing. And, 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 that's a, and there's a tremendous amount of wasted energy as a comedian for you to look at another comedian be like, what the fuck are they? They're always fucking. Uh, yeah. It's like, who gives a shit? That's oh, what that, that's what they want to do. Young guys got to figure it out, like on their own, how they want to do it. Yeah, and hating on other comedians is part of being a young comic. That is, part yes, sure. Of, I did that sure. in my twenties <laughs> and your thirties. I you're think Stan, like, Stan Hope said the second best thing about comedy is killing, and the first best thing is sitting in the back of the room with a bunch of other comics, going, "That guy sucks." <laughs> 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 I think that was. The movie you just wrapped, mm-hmm. how long did it take you to shoot? Uh, we did it in 24 days. Wow. Yeah. And you did it all in one location? Well, we did it out here in LA. Okay. So, cause everybody involved um, with getting the thing going, you know, was married and had kids and that type of thing. So it's just like, you're writing the script. Where does it take place? You're like, it takes place here. Right here. <laughs> Are you, when does it come out? Uh, I don't know yet. Okay. That's, that's all, uh, being decided by the people that decide all that stuff. So, um, when you lock a movie, it means the editing's over. Yeah. The editing is over. So what we have to do now is we have a little bit of scoring that we have to do and we have to color it. And then there's the ADR, which is basically any, uh, any lines that were either mumbled said too quickly, or there was a car driving by or a helicopter or something. So that's the last few things you put in and then, uh, then they get a release date and then you go on the press tour and then it comes out and hopefully it, you know, you know, when it comes out, then you, yeah, you do all the, all the shows, which are now like podcasts. Yeah. You know, are you happy with it? Yes. Very happy. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we'll see. I mean, we just screened it in Vegas which, you know, that's America, right? Yeah, everybody that's, you can't get more America. Yeah. It's like everybody from every state, every political background and people were howling at watching it. So I got, very I heard that it was, excited. Verzi said it's amazing. Like very insanely funny. 
It's it's funny. It's funny. I don't want to. I don't overhype anything. I think right. if you see it, you're gonna laugh and you're gonna feel like you got your money's worth. Are co- you think comedies might come back a little bit? They've been. I think it wasn't profitable for a lot of studios to make them because DVDs. No, they just yeah. got caught up in 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 all of this shit, and they right. listen to their lawyers and stuff, right. and they think that everybody. Like people out here and in New York, they live in a bubble. Like it's not, they're not living in reality. And it's right. really hard to convey that to them. And I understand their position too, because, you know, the person who sits behind the desk, you know, you and I, if we do something at bombs, eh, fuck it, I got my podcast, I got my road dates, whatever. They get fired. That's right. And they lose their benefits. They could lose their house and God knows, you know. So they're way going to be way more conservative and they the, you know, the, the sky is falling is going to land with them a lot easier. So you have to have empathy for them. So, but I just wish that they would come on the road with us and see what, you know, that people, uh, are, are, you know, they have their own lives. They're too busy to give a fuck. Yeah. Well, that's the thing I always said about there is hatred in the country for sure, but most people don't have the time. Most people aren't invested in hating you. They might misunderstand you or they might not understand things you believe, but it always seemed weird to me to think that they were just people that were just stewing in their hatred of you. Some of them might be, but I think the vast majority of people are busy. Yeah, I would say that. But those, and they're also the sad thing is the vast majority is also too busy to help because yeah. there's no reason, there's no reason why these these uh, hate groups should exist. There should be enough, uh, I don't know, education. And I, I don't, I don't, under, I don't understand yeah. that, that, you know. Well, I think it's a lot of people that had a pathway to a life at a certain point, but that's become more and more. I shouldn't even say I don't yeah. understand that because I grew up semi-sheltered in Boston and there was a time, you know, with like, you know, somebody told a racist joke or whatever. Like, I just, I mean, I, I didn't have a frame of, I kind of had a frame of reference, but like not enough. I was just a white kid in the suburbs. So you would laugh. And there was a time where I thought saying racist shit, you know, was like, you know, made you sound tough. And I didn't think I was tough. So it was kind of like that. But like, you know, my parents had a wide variety of friends. So I always had those examples in my head, like, I don't really believe that or whatever. So I think that's kind of like what people need. Yeah. And then also I think that people need to let people grow out of shit. Like, cause this, like this whole fucking thing of going back in people's, um, you know, uh, Twitter accounts and all of that shit. It's just like stupid. Louis, I mean, there's like yeah. fucking three, four years ago, there's, there's shit that I thought or the way I looked at the world, I was just like, wow, man, I had that a hundred percent wrong. And, um, you know, I lean left and I got to say watching people on the left go back eight years in somebody's Twitter and find one comment and be and define them by that to ruin them was really a low point. And I felt that it was an a hundred percent abuse of power, which was the ironic thing is that it ends where we're fighting power by now that we have power. Now we're going to fucking abuse it. And I was always looking at it. I was like, dude, if you have to go back eight years to find this guy being an asshole. Yeah, he's been so good for, for eight years. For seven years, yeah. he wasn't an asshole. That's fucking amazing. Because yeah. I've never done that. Well, Louis said it. There's no more localized stupidity. He said that on, we had him on a few weeks ago. People can't be idiots in private. Get over it. Grow up. And that'd be the end of it. People... Because everything is public now, people make their mistakes 
online. They make their mistakes. Well, what's, yeah. What they got to stop. They got to try it. Like when somebody fucks up, the first thing you shouldn't do, I don't think the first move is let's ruin this person. Yeah. It's why wouldn't you be like, all right, hey, man, you realize when you said that, that makes, you know, somebody like this feel this way or you saying that does this or whatever and try to like have a conversation with them because this whole ramming it down people's throats, it just doesn't, uh, it, it, it doesn't work. Do, do, do you know what? These subjects yeah. are so fucking big, dude. And then yeah. we're not going to solve it on this podcast. No, we did. We just did. Did we? You okay, just, you, here's the thing. You just, did. I am an unbelievably flawed human being. So there's only so much that I can do. Well, I think we're moving into an to yeah. judge somebody else. Like, how, how the fuck could you do what yeah. I know I've done in the past? Yeah. You piece of shit. Well, who reminds me of myself six yes. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're, we're moving into an era of people that are just trying to live and let live. That's the hope. I think we're over that. I think people don't have any bandwidth for it anymore. I think people are moving on. They seem to be like they've, they've learned a lot about other people's perspectives, perhaps. Um, and they're just trying to say, hey, I'm a human being. I love to think that the silent majority, to me, the silent majority is the person who, who can watch a video without commenting on it. That's great. Those yeah. people. Those are the voters. They should those, vote. <laughs> They should vote. Those are the people that I would like running the country. They should be if allowed to vote. If you can watch vote. a YouTube video, even if it bothered you, <laughs> yeah. you still don't have to leave a con. Yeah. If you don't have to weigh yeah. in, then you can vote. And if you've ever written in all capital letters on YouTube yeah. in a comment, you should lose your right to you vote. You should be in jail. <laughs> yeah. You should be in jail. What uh, are you, do you want, after this movie comes out, you're going to go, you're going to do the whole thing. There's people who are going to comment and have to put it back into lowercase. Yeah. They're going to, they're, they're going to, they're going to comment <laughs> in uppercase now. When, when the movie comes out, you're going to go on the press tour. Are you at the point now where you've done a lot of what you wanted to do? You have a ton of specials. You've done the movie. Mm -hmm. it, 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 are you getting to a point where you go, I've done a lot. And is, is that scary when you go, a lot of the stuff I've wanted to do is done. Like, you know, or is that you put me out to pasture? No, I'm just saying we need work. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I like what I'm doing. And I just, you know, I remember Keith Richards one time, they said to him like, Keith, Jesus Christ, what, he was like 65. He goes, how long are you going to do this? And he was just like, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm a musician. Yeah. This is what I do. I would do this in front of, you know, 80,000 or eight people. I right. would still do it. This is literally what I do. And it wasn't bullshit because I remember one time he said something where he was talking about, he still loves like the smell when he opens a guitar case, just the smell of the guitar. Yeah. And that person when the interview was like, really? He goes, oh yeah. He goes, if I could just crawl in there and close the lid, I would. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's just one of those guys like, Anytime he comes to town, it's like, I have to see that. I have to see somebody that loves what they do that much do it. Like, and I, cause I, it, it, whether you even realize it, I think subconsciously it affects you to either do what you do better or to at least try to go find whatever the joy is for you, your thing that makes you want to do what he, he was talking about. And if people, if people could connect to that, uh, it would certainly be, I think, a better world if more people were happy doing what they do. Yeah. I don't think I, I have a lot of issues with God and yeah. his, his fucking half-ass work that he does on human beings. Are you a believer? It, I, yeah. He crushed the mountains, the prairies and the oceans. And yeah. then he just slapped human beings together. The amount, the, yeah. dude, if he was making cars, <laughs> the amount of recalls. Yeah. The amount of bailouts he would have to get Tons. from the federal government. But he did a great job with the setting. 
The set is Setting. beautiful. It's like the sushi restaurant. Yeah. That's he created his DJ. the vibe. <laughs> he created the vibe. Yeah. Am I a believer? I, I mean, yeah, you know what I mean? Maybe there's something, but I, I don't think it cares. Yeah. I think it's moved on, whatever the fuck it is. That's an interesting thing. I've never heard that, but that actually makes a lot of sense. That whatever it is has moved on. I think it's like a crazy painter, you yeah. know, missing an ear. And it's just like, yeah, it's an earth, man. It's just fucking groovy. Let's, yeah. let's put some rings on this one. Yeah, do it. And they'll have DJs and sushi restaurants. Yeah, he's just in his bare feet painting. Where, uh, where are you on tour next? Are you going uh, back out or are you? Yeah, no, I have, I have 13 dates left. I think I go, there's a run I do uh, where I do. One of the places is Peoria, Illinois, which is amazing because that's, Richard Pryor's uh, hometown. That's great. You know, only took him fucking forever to get a statue of him up there. Um, playing Chicago. I know I have Idaho coming up. Colorado Springs, I know I have. Um, New Orleans, I have coming up. Uh, you know, bunch of bunch of fun places to go to. And I've been to all of these places. I literally have a thing in, in, my, in my phone called Places to Go. Yeah. In my notes. And I just have <clears throat> all these restaurants... Yeah. Cigar bars and uh, just shit to do in every town I've ever been in over the years. Of- yeah. So uh, that's kind of what I do to stay out of trouble when I'm out there. Well, listen, I really appreciate you coming on. I know you're busy. When does the, I wish I could see the movie. Can you send me something that I can watch if I don't share it? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Because I just love to watch it. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate it. I was, you asked me to do like a little thing in it, but I was in Australia. I appreciate it. Oh, that's that. right. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. appreciate that. Well, I, you know, it I don't know what kind of cop or whatever role it was. Probably like a dock worker, but. No. Yeah. Okay. You actually, I think the roles you give me shit. Oh, okay. Because I was flipping out in my car. Okay. And then you sort of watch it like you're not involved. Yeah. You don't have a dog in the fight. Yeah, but I just. And then I try to get you to agree with my position and you, and you do not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could do that again. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate yeah, anytime. it. Anytime. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that you asked me so much deep shit that you thought I actually. Uh, well, but you, 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 you said a lot of great shit. That's. Keyword you know, in that is not great. It's shit. Shit. But, but yeah. It's, I said all, a lot of shit. All we say is shit. Yeah. But I opened my pie hole and stuff came some out. Some of it's great. We get paid to talk, right? So, you know, and talk in a fun way. Yeah. Speaking of which, here's an old guy thing to help out young people. Don't, yeah. You don't need an agent to get okay. involved in your podcast money. You hear that, Justin? Sorry, that I was mine. Yeah, like these, I have these kids, man, they're, they're getting... This shit where the agents are going to be like, oh, you know, we'll get you advertising. They're just going to promise you the fucking moon so they can be, they can get their foot in the door that you pay them on the podcast. And as far as I know, that'll be like you booking a series that never ends. That's right. And they're going to, even if you leave that agency, they're going to get your money forever. That's right. What gets you advertising money is you and your talent and getting fucking listeners. Don't give your fucking podcast away. Don't give your fucking ownership of your podcast away. There's no reasons for agents to be sticking their hands in this shit. That's, there you go. Say that I stand by. That's Bill Burr. All right. And we agree. Thank you so much. Good night, everybody. There we go.